Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Tommy Heffernan, which most of you may know as Tommy the Vet. With changes in regulations surrounding antibiotic use since the 28th of January 2022, Tommy outlines some key tips to ensure the health of calves from birth onwards. Tommy, you're very welcome. What impact are the current changes in the antibiotic regulations having at farm level? The changes we're seeing are they are creating a little bit of fear. And what I mean by fear is, of course, we've got to change behaviours, but people are, I suppose, making assumptions that all antibiotics are going. And, you know, we, we still are going to use antibiotics on farm, just we're trying to use them more prudently, um, using less of them. Um, but it's not removing antibiotics completely. And I think that's something, an important thing, sometimes a message that gets a little bit lost. Uh, we need to look at the types of antibiotic we're using, the family. So we're saving these critically important antibiotics we use in human medicine. We're, we're going to try and re- reduce our usage massively there. And then looking at group treatments, prophylactic use of antibiotics is going to be a thing of the past. So again, we all, sort of all know this focus on prevention is key. Um, we still will be using antibiotics, but always aiming to be using less and less of them. And I suppose we're well into calving season on many farms and calf scours are an issue on some farms. What can farmers do to treat calves and prevent it becoming an issue? Um, it's an area I've been working very, very heavily over in the last year, I suppose, so I'm biased maybe on it. But um, when we look at treatments of calf scour, the, the mainstay of any uh, scour diarrhea is still rehydration therapy. Um, I've been working with a, a company called Precision Microbes on developing a gut stabilizer, which is basically helping return the normal function of the gut, which is a liquid. It's, it's been really, really effective as well. But I, I think the key thing is with, with treatment of diarrhea is getting in quickly, getting these calves rehydrated fast, and then you know talking to your own vet about maybe what the options are um, around gut stabilization uh, for these calves. When we look at prevention, I suppose the key pillars of prevention for casca are still the same uh, in beef and dairy farms. A big focus still has to be on colostrum. Um, hygiene, particularly when calves are indoors, is really, really important. Um, and trying to avoid those stresses like cold and other things and just you know having the housing environment as 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 well as we can manage it during the winter period and also as well I suppose for calves even with your suckler calves space is still a big big factor so having areas where calves can go back and lie in on straw that are warm and well bedded um, I still think they, they're worth their weight in gold. Most definitely and coccidiosis is an issue on some farms and we can see and calves from a few weeks old to up to six months of age and particularly with the extended winter period on some farms with the current bad weather what can farmers do to prevent and treat it i suppose when you look at uh, cascars i didn't say you know a lot of our cascars are viral and we still we also have the option of vaccinating cows which boosts the colostral immunity which is a, a huge resource and tool there as well when it comes to coccidiosis and um, the challenge with coccidiosis is its ability the ooze systems of themselves to survive and then when they get into calves their ability and lambs their ability to multiply rapidly 
to a level where they're uh, infectious um, and, and causing the symptoms that we'll see like uh, a bloody scour or, or diarrhea or even ill trift in calves. Uh, so when we look at treatments, I suppose your coccidiostats are still uh, like your taltuserols or dicluserols. These are still the mainstay of treatments along with rehydration therapy. When we look at prevention with coccidiosis capture, some of the things I will say will be, you know, year to year, if it's an issue, particularly indoors, that really intensive clean, uh, killing any and getting rid of any uses in the environment and then looking and seeing what stage do you get coccidiosis at and looking at timing your preventative treatments of your likes your taltuserol and um, before the risk period and a lot of farmers will get coccidiosis when calves are outside um, uh, but they might start that cycle inside so simple things then like if you are creep feeding calves outside and um, making sure that you're moving feeders and that you're not allowing heavy buildup of muck in certain areas and those leaking water troughs, all those areas where there can be congestion of animals, maintaining as much hygiene as possible there is really, really effective. And crypto, Tommy, can also be an issue on some farms. How can farmers prevent it and what's the best treatment? I, I, again, I spent a year uh, on one of the projects I've been involved in really looking at crypto because it's a huge challenge. And um, the challenge with crypto is, and I'm seeing and um, in the research I'm doing, is that the cows are carrying uh, the crypto um, usus. And this is a challenge because it multiplies rapidly when calving starts. So again, back to the basics, hygiene is a really important one with crypto, which can be hard, of course, when we're looking at calves sucking cows, but trying to keep cows uh, freshly calved and, and pre-calving cows, uh, others as clean as possible, um, feeding cows to make sure colostrum quality is good. There's a number of preventative uh, strategies around crypto in the marketplace. Talking to your own vet there um, is really key, but focusing on the basics of hygiene and space, good quality classroom helps along with a good preventative strategy then. And you've touched on there the preventative strategies that farmers are implementing and previously maybe farmers were individually treating calves for respiratory infections in the past, but this year are considering maybe implementing a vaccination program. What advice have you for them farmers? Well, are we all experts now in respiratory viruses after our two years, Catherine? I think we've all we've all learned one or two things about respiratory viruses. They're a challenge. Um, and I suppose, yes, vaccination is certainly something we're all we all understand a bit more about. Um, and I think a lot of farmers are considering respiratory vaccines. But there can be a little bit of confusion out there, I think, because of the number of vaccines, whether you give live intranasal or dead vaccines. So it can be very farm specific. And um, I suppose if I was given general advice, I'm a huge fan of the live vaccines um, the RSV virus vaccines in early. And then I think it is an awful lot to be said in sucker systems to follow up with your dead vaccines that contain a bacterial element. But do not forget the basics as well, the value of fresh air, uh, space and other stressors. So your calf to get scour is probably eight times more likely to pick up pneumonia. Um, so we really need to think about everything that's affecting immunity and, and really focusing on you know good quality colostrum, uh, milky cows that are feeding these calves and then Infection pressure is the amount of viruses and bacteria these calves are exposed to. And that's things like fresh air, getting calves out early if we can. They all help. And then the vaccine is an extra tool to add and stimulate immunity. So when they do come across these pathogens, that they have the ability to fight these infections. That's great, Tommy. And I suppose clostridial diseases can cause a number of conditions in cattle. What advice have you for farmers for preventing these? 
Uh, well, clostridial diseases, there's many of them um, and they're varying and we do see them appear from time to time and you can talk to farmers and they wouldn't have had a clostridial issue for years and then suddenly in a bang, they lose an animal or two. I would say very straightforward with, with the clostridial um, diseases. I've come to the conclusion the vaccines aren't very expensive. They work extremely effectively. I'm a fan of the 10 and one clostridial vaccines for cattle. Getting your two shots of these into calves early on as part of a vaccine program they pay because when you get outbreaks, you usually end up with disease or death. Um, and I think get your clostridial vaccines in early, give them the two shots because they're dead vaccines. And I think it makes sense as, as part of prevention. And for farmers that are purchasing in yearlings or stores this spring, Tommy, and taking them through to forward stores or finishing, what two or three things should they be focusing on when it comes to animal health? Well, I think when you're buying in any stock, you're always looking at what you're seeing. I mean, you know, we know what the normal is like. We're watching out for coughing, looking for nasal discharges. We're looking at the condition. We're looking for scours. The things we can't understand and don't know what's going on is internally is probably parasites. So when you're probably buying in stock, it's always worth considering. If you don't know the history, um, primarily you'd like to find out the history. But if you don't know the history, we're looking at liver fluke. We're looking at worm dosing to make sure stock are clean going out to pasture. Uh, I think they're the, the key things I would look at. We should be over the pneumonia risk with these stock, but again, you might have a vaccine protocol that you want to do on farm. You try and get these things in early. And again, when you're putting cattle out onto grass, simple things like avoiding adverse weather, because anything that causes stress is going to affect the immune system. And I'm 20 years qualified as a vet this year, and I'm beginning to think stress is a huge factor in so many of the diseases that we see, be it from a management or a nutrition or weather perspective. We need to minimize stress at all in animals because if we can minimize stress, we minimize disease and we reduce antibiotic usage. And for yearlings being turned out in the coming weeks, Tommy, a lot of that stands for those also. Absolutely. Same rules apply. We're looking at trying to minimize. Hopefully we have parasite control under control. If you've used the flucoside, just make sure um, if it was a, one that had just affected adult fluke that you don't have immature fluke coming through. Again, checking the timing and dates of fluke dosing would be important. It mightn't even be a risk in your particular area. Um, and then looking at worm control. But ideally, yearlings at this stage shouldn't be looking at dosing, maybe a second fluke dose. Um, your, our vaccine should be in at this stage. It should be a straightforward transition to grass. Again, look, maybe in the early spring, we'd always be watching out for bloat and things like that. But um, it should be a straightforward turnout, Catherine. Thanks, Tommy. Some great advice and tips for the weeks ahead. Thank you, Catherine, and a happy safe farming to everyone out there. That's all for this week's episode, and my thanks to Tommy for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie, or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan, and thanks for listening.